This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. This is your girl, Audra, and you are here with me for another episode of Community where we talk about unique pathways and common goals. And as you guys know, what I'm going to say next, I'm over the moon excited uh, to have this brother in the house. And if you would be so kind, sir, to introduce yourself to our audience, please. My name is Frank McGee. My name name is Frank McGee, and I am a grad student at the University of Michigan-Dearborn Studying community-based education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sir. Ma'am. How did we meet? We met at a big event, um, a project we had been working on for the first semester of of my journey Mm -hmm. at University of Michigan-Dearborn. We were assigned to provide technical support um, for an organization uh, that worked with uh, children uh, in the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And um, we were celebrating uh, the fact that we had completed our study right. and we had enough uh, resource information and uh, literature so that they could be under underway in providing that support and, and, and mentoring for uh, the youth in that community. Right. And uh, it was a presentation uh, at the uh, University of Michigan-Dearborn, and that's how I met you. Yes. Also, <clears throat> sir... Actually, we we were reacquainted, right? Because we were uh-huh. at the same, we were in the same big historical, you know, big building, you know, in down, downtown Detroit. So we are oh. both CT alum. Oh my God, I didn't know that. <laughs> You're uh-huh. 82? 81. 81. 81. We're, we were in the house together, so I'm in 83. So yes. yes so yes, I'm yes, older yes. than you. A little bit. <laughs> just, just by That's a smidgen. That's all good. That's all good. By That's a smidgen. Yeah. So we just got reacquainted, right, working with this project with U of M and LGBT Detroit. So um, glad to have you in the house. You do phenomenal Thank work. You. you do phenomenal work, and we'll get to that soon. Uh, and, and some of that will be um, um, shared with the audience when I ask you this, this next question. What does community mean to you, Mr. McGee? Community means to the extended family. I guess it's from an Afrocentric perspective where where you live uh, uh, and those who live around you represents family, the extended family. Yeah. And that's how I see it. And the children uh, represent the extension of the community mm-hmm. and, and the future of our, of our society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's good stuff. So we're going to go to the next question. This is one of my favorites. Mr. McGee. Frank McGee, how old were you when you fell in love with Detroit? I was four years old. No, three. I just mm. remembered. I, mm. I turned four later on that year. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with Detroit as I was watching a tank go down my street on its way to the west side mm. um, to, to address the 67 Rebellion. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I knew I wanted to do something. And that love was uh, rekindled when I was nine years old, and my mother was uh, organizing a block club. (laughs) 
to address, uh, to put up a neighborhood watch sign. Nice. And, and I'd never seen the police come into our house before. But mm-hmm. instead of coming in to uh, arrest somebody or right. investigate an issue, they came in as helpers of the community. Yeah, and I can relate to that because growing up um, on Clover Lawn, um, my parents were um, the organizers of the block club. So my dad organized the adult block club and my mom organized junior block clubs for our block as well as adjacent streets. So I can relate to that totally. So I want to go back to the rebellion. So you're three years old, you see this tank going down the street. What, what, what does a three-year-old black boy's mind take from that? Uh, looking at that. That tank was going to blow up the houses on our street. What would happen to the families? What would happen to my friends? Mm -hmm. I was only three years old, Mm -hmm. but I was terrified of what I saw. Mm -hmm. And my feeling was, my thoughts were for the family. And I had those concerns as a three-year-old. Right. And I saw uh, trucks that were transporting troops Mm -hmm. to the the west side. Wow. And and I'd never seen uh, white white people in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, it tells, says a lot about the, 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 the seriousness of the times. Mm-hmm. They had guns, and it seemed as if, as a, from a three-year-old's perspective, they were looking at me and they were going to shoot me. Wow. And it's just that feeling. And my mother ran outside because I first heard the tank, of course, when the house was shaking. Mm-hmm. And you ever had that feeling, you know, it, 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 probably during a tornado mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this, the house was shaking in a wood frame home. Wow. And my mother ran out and, and, and comforted me because I was screaming at the top mm. of my, my lungs. Mm. And after, and then she, she just held my hand as the tank went by, and all, eventually the, the troops started uh, coming down the street. And I, here we are on the far east side, but I didn't know about the Light Guard Armory mm-hmm. where they were coming together mm-hmm. uh, on 8 Mile Road. So, mm-hmm. But the fear was there, and, right. and, and, but the, the concern for community was born was at that born. moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, Frank, siblings, are, do you have brothers and sisters? you have a large family, small family? I had a large family. Mm-hmm. I lost two siblings to the crack cocaine wars, as I call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were, they, they, it was devastating. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a special needs sister, uh, Beverly, who uh, I, I was very close to. I looked at her like a, like, like a bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Better not say anything to her, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had my older sister, and I had uh, two younger brothers. Okay. Um, uh, one is still alive to this day. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So the next question, sir, uh, this is when I'd love for you to share your background as it relates to community. You've done phenomenal work. I've Now that we're connected on Facebook, I get a chance to uh, see you share uh, the young people whose lives you've touched through the decades. So if you could just share um, what it is that you're working on, some background. So this segment is called What Up, Doe? Right, right. And so you just share what you'd like to share, you know, and just let people know what's going on with Exactly. You. I think uh, people know, need to know that there are still uh, good brothers in the community who are, who, who are doing their best to keep our, our family together. Yeah. Yes. And that family represents community. Yes, yes. And from that perspective, uh, I've been doing this work for almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. And, and just briefly, I started out with the, on the east side, and mm-hmm. the, the concern was what was happening in, with, with regard to crack cocaine. Mm-hmm. And, a lot of, and I lost my first student. Uh, he was a 12th grader. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm not 12th grader. He was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he was shot and killed my third month in, during an internship with the Detroit Urban League. 
and I never had that experience before, mm-hmm. and it was it, it shocked me so much because I had just told him, you know, he was he pulled out a lot of cash and said, I I I, I can make more in a day that you can make in a week at McGee. <laughs> but he was only 12 years old, and I had to coach him on that. You know, mm-hmm. so, this is a different world, man. And and we we went on and on, but it, it was the first time I met him, and I decided, well, I, I'm going to mentor this young man. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a chance. He was gone the next day. Mm. And that's real. That's not made up. That's That that, that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew he was dealing with some challenges. I know he, his only clothes he wore to school was a, usually a dirty T-shirt and dirty pair of jeans, and uh, and the shoes were, were torn up, but I, I knew if I had time to work with him, I could mentor him. Mm-hmm. And I had was not trained as a mentor. Right. I was tra- I basically just wanted to be supportive of my youth, uh, who who I worked with, because it was a job out prevention program that mm-hmm. the Urban League had. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it was at the inner city sub center. Okay. Uh, on the, on the east side, and so uh, that that's when I became uh, committed to the cause yeah. because I was not the type that would. Uh, uh, mentor or whatever, but I would make sure kids were safe, but that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, That's when I knew I had to do something to, to give back to our community and our, our city. Right. And that continued on to, uh, from a job prevention program to working with youth who are living in an independent setting mm-hmm. to eventually uh, a leadership program um, uh, that young people put together and formulated with my support back in 1999. We had about 250 kids showed up. We expected about 75 or 60. That was it. 250? I tell you, and I'm being conservative. Right. And, and sister, I'm going to tell you something. You're talking about youth who uh, were, were who went to church. Mm-hmm. They showed up in church bands. Mm-hmm. They showed up um, at an after-school program. Mm-hmm. The gangs from the Southwest Side came. Um, you know, and, and, and girls who 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 uh, were in a special uh, teen pregnancy program, they mm-hmm. showed up. Mm-hmm. It was packed, and and the deal was was this: I had the help of Mason. Yeah, he was on JLB at that time, mm-hmm. and basically we put the word out. We wanted to call a meeting because girls were uh, being sexually assaulted on the way to school. Yeah, this is like 1999, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I, you know, we the kids wanted to do something, but no one was creating that space for them must create a space where they'll be safe and they can express themselves. Mm-hmm. And and we did that um, at the public library. That's That was going to be my next question. I, I'm telling you. <laughs> the public library in the basement. And they were like nervous, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have a riot in here. No, this is the, we're going to have to, the police will probably be there. They'll probably right. know the gang, gang squad is, is, is there. So right. they'll be there. So. Mm-hmm. It was in the basement. Now the library looks in the basement. The main library downtown looks a lot different from from what it what it did back then. It mm-hmm. was a theater style setting. Okay. So we packed all the kids in. Had plenty of food. Mm-hmm. So it, it worked out well. Uh, we we decided um, uh, after we had our conversation that we would break off to deal with issues around gang violence, gang violence that happens in schools, mm-hmm. the gun why why are young people involved in gun violence? So they all broke off into small groups, about five or six groups, and they can reconvene. Mm-hmm. Before all this happened, we had to set the tone. Mm-hmm. And I and we had the youngest DJ um, at that time. Um, work at, it was 105.9. It was a, it was a hip-hop format at that time. Mm-hmm. Long story short, um, he, 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 they all, the kids made up their rules and respect and all that. Right. And as they were making up the rules, um, we had about two rows of gang members sitting in the front. 
from the from the from the southwest side, mm-hmm. and so these guys uh, had that tough look. Like we we don't want to be here, but mm-hmm. we, we're gonna see how they, how we feel about this. Turns out there were about nine or ten uh, girls who were way like eight months pregnant, seven months pregnant, mm-hmm. and they waddled in. I hate to use that word, mm-hmm. but that was how they were. Yeah. And they they looked at the front. They saw the, the tattoos and the gang members. Mm-hmm. They looked at each other. Girls looked. Then they turned right around. And they're about to go in the back. We didn't right. say, we, before we could say anything, the gang members all stood up at the same time. And they waved them over and told them to sit down in the front. Oh, wow. They sat down on the floor. That set the tone for the wow. entire night. Oh, yeah. That set the tone. I was so proud. Yeah. The gang squad had just snuck in. They had a chance to see that. Mm-hmm. And they relaxed a little bit. And one, bro- one brother said, he was a police officer, he said, I've never seen that in my life. Yeah. And what we created from that point, those brothers helped formulate a community yeah. right there. Yeah. That's when I knew I was close to putting together something that would last for about 18, 19 years wow. called the Youth Initiatives Project. Wow, bro. They laid the go- laid- I stayed with it that long because mm-hmm. of an of a oath I made to them. Mm-hmm. And it basically was to, to, including a group of girls who were in a residential setting. Mm-hmm. Please don't let this in. Promise me. you got to promise me. And... And and I'm promised. I said uh, I, I, I'll make an oath to you. I mm-hmm. will never let this go. Right. And we will. Create, if anything ever happens, we'll recreate a version of it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That was about 18, 19 years ago. Wow. And so much has happened since then. We've mm-hmm. we've advocated in the in the community mm-hmm. against gun violence. We advocated against uh, 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 stereotyping black males. Right. We went the whole way with, with our young ladies, so they got the support they needed. Mm-hmm. Made sure uh, folks were able to get scholarships. We worked with the Skillman Foundation to make that happen. Yeah. Our youth organized the Good Neighborhoods Initiative for the Northeast Side, mm-hmm. working with the Skillman Foundation. Right, right. They worked with United Way. They worked with the U.S. Attorney for Southeastern Michigan. Never done before. Right. And, in fact, my, my organization that I was working for at the time, the agency, benefited from that extra exposure because mm-hmm. we were fortunate to get, enough to get a former U.S. attorney to be on the board of directors. We did a oh, lot. God. Then yeah. I can go on and on, but I'm gonna make it. I'll, I'll be brief with this mm-hmm. one. Uh, the closeout a few years ago, about five years, no, six years ago, mm-hmm. uh, um, one of our youth had an opportunity to meet uh, Mrs. Barack Obama, and 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 introduce her to a group of of, of of to a large audience of youth who were getting ready to go enroll into college. My, another student, right? another wow. student, in, while he was in college. Former gang member, House had just gotten shot up. He turned his life around, had a chance to meet Barack Obama for an hour. Mm. That was supported by the Skillman Foundation, as always, one of wow. our largest partners. So the, with the stuff we do is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a time we were always on TV, mm-hmm. you know, but 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 uh, that scaled back because we we were not trying to be superstars. Right. We basically wanted to do one thing and one thing only, mm-hmm. make a difference in the lives of our young people in the community. Mm-hmm. We even helped improve uh, transportation on the northeast side with Dan Dirks, the new, uh, at that time the new uh, director of the D- Detroit Department of, Ed- of uh, transportation. transportation. Sure did. And to this day, he follows me on Facebook. Can you believe that? Is that right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. But the challenges were there because my role was to be the gatekeeper. And um, fortunately, you know, just to be be what it is and keep it real mm-hmm. with the with the community. If you're going to support the young people, you have to deal with the challenges of folks who just don't understand young people or who want to exploit mm-hmm. our young people. Right. And that wasn't happening with me because I made a promise to them. Mm-hmm. They tried, mm-hmm. 
And fortunately, I had to make a decision and, and move on from where I worked at at that time. Right. And and I once uh, was told this that uh, if if the table does not offer uh, respect, dignity, and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. get up and leave that table. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I did. Okay. Okay. So so bro, what is it? How did you know that you would be able to make this type of uh, impact uh, in in young people's lives. I mean, was it something a, a one one occurrence, or was it over time? You just you gained the wisdom and knowledge to be able to know how to bring these groups together and and deeply impact their lives. What I got the best advice from a friend of mine. Her name was Barbara Washington, mm-hmm. and she said, "Let the community teach you." Mm. She put that on the table, and I'm, that, I was humbled by that. She said, I did not know everything, but if you open your ears and listen, the community will tell you what they need. Wow. Yeah. And, and people forget that youth are part of that community. Yes, yes. And so that is why we made it youth-driven. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I, you know, I may have been the program director, per se, mm-hmm. and dealing with the, the, the paperwork and all that and mm-hmm. signing staff. Mm-hmm. But when the, when the youth walked in the room, and they were, when they were, especially when they were well-trained, right. they could tell us exactly how things were going to go down. Okay. And that was not always popular with the adults they had to talk to mm-hmm. because they always thought it was, it was too, it just wasn't right. It wasn't like this, but really they wanted to promote themselves. <laughs> I always sat in the back when the kids were doing what they had to do. Right. Even when they were to, uh, having press conferences, mm-hmm. the chief, all the chief of police I've worked with over the years will always look back at me and say, what are you doing out there? We want you with, with us. I said, no, the kids are No, no, brother, get up. <laughs> 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 I will always get scolded. I mean, and, and, and you knew, they knew, right? Um, but when a, when a when a sixth grader or a seventh grader tells you that uh, no one had ever fought for uh, us kids the way you did, Mister McGee, that I took that to heart. Yeah, I really did. Yeah, it's meaningful, and that's what we need in our communities today. Mm-hmm. Youth voice. We need we need the voices of the youth. Yes, and then, and they they can express themselves once really express themselves mm-hmm. as they know they got the support from the adults. Mm-hmm. They'll listen. Right. They really will. But if that support is not there, first thing I'll tell you, you don't know what you're talking about. Right, right. <laughs> That's the way it works. Okay. So we're going to p- um, stick a pin in it right now, bro. Um, we're going to take a short break for our sponsors, and we'll be right back, okay? All right. You have a brilliant mind. Projects, businesses, events, ideas that will make a positive impact on your specific audience, all while organically growing your brand. Knowing the importance of investing in your brand and being willing to do whatever it takes is empowering. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. BW Creative Solutions is a boutique consulting company that specializes in customized marketing and branding. We offer creative marketing and branding with collaborative resources to bring your vision to life. Give us a call at 313-444-9385 and schedule your free 15-minute consultation. When your project shines, we smile. Okay, we're back, and this is your girl, Audra, and you are listening to Community, where we talk about unique pathways and common goals. And I have my bro, my CT bro, my community bro, Frank McGee here, <laughs> um, and he's telling us about uh, some of the work that he's done through the decades with our young people here in the city of Detroit. So, so Frank, you, uh, you mentioned um, 
you know, what you've done historically. And so I'd like you to share with the audience what you've been working on recently. Um, you know, if there's some desires that you have as far as what people you'd like to work with or or that sort of thing, if you could share that now. Yes, I'm currently, as you know, a grad student right now working on my master's in community-based education. Yes. So my, my So I'm learning how to develop the skills needed to uh, bring partnerships to uh, local neighborhoods. More importantly, partnerships involving uh, the pub, uh, public schools mm. and uh, parents and other resources in that may be in that neighborhood or in the community. Yes, uh, we we have them. It, it seems to be nice, but it, from my perspective, they play too much. Yes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> we don't we don't want to. We I think we're insulting um, the the very future of our society but just pretend to be doing something nice. Yes. You have to create some partnerships and get to work because mm-hmm. our youth are, are dealing with some serious issues around quality education, mm-hmm. around safety, yes. uh, all that. It's not a complaint. This mm-hmm. is about us working together as a team yes. so that a young, a young boy or young girl can walk home knowing that they're, they're, they're going to be safe. Right. And more importantly, the parents are going to know that there are resources that will support, uh, provide re- uh, support, mm-hmm. uh, whether they whether clothes is needed or food, mm-hmm. lights might be shut off, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. uh, faced by that uh, young lady or the parent in the home. Uh, the, the point I want to make is this, that they will be supported in some way. Yes. We may not have all the answers, mm-hmm. but a community partnership is necessary. It's vital uh, for the survival of our young people. Oh, for sure. And that's why that's what I like to see in the future, and that's that's what I'm working towards. Mm-hmm. Um, the mentoring aspect mm-hmm. is is something I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, my love is trying to get through those boys. Yes, but and and offer them the support because they need that. Mm-hmm. Um, our young ladies need that as well. It's in both groups, especially need a role model that's committed to their cause. Yeah. Uh, and and even so, I'd like to. If, if, I'd love to see an opportunity where we have something right there in the neighborhood, a place where they can come to, a home that we can come to and just sit on the porch. Mm-hmm. Like the old days when, you know, when we were kids, if, mm-hmm. uh, if, if my, my sisters had to get their hair done, my mother did it on the porch, mm-hmm. she'd have her mother there, her mother there, my grandmother, yes. and, and, and another neighbors would sit on that porch and just talk about things. Talk about things. And I could just sit down and listen. Or my father took me to the barber shop. Uh, I learned what was happening in the neighborhood. My first memory was like 1972, mm-hmm. and it had only been a few years after the rebellion. Mm-hmm. So I was able to learn even more from from them about what they endured um, um, uh, as grown men. I, I, the story that my father was uncomfortable with telling mm-hmm. uh, his male peers while I was there, but he he relented and told the story of how the Big Four oh, came gosh. up on him. Yeah, and and he he was he was scared. He mm-hmm. I never heard my father say that, you mm-hmm. know, and. He didn't. He didn't know how to handle that. You mm-hmm. know, even though he stood six four, he knew if he made the wrong move, he'd be a dead man. He would be a dead man. Yeah. That was a different time period, and and and, and so uh, hearing that made me realize how, what, what would happen to me. Right. I hope I can make it past twenty twenty one. Those early thoughts should not occur for a kid who's barely six or seven years old. Right. Right. And it's interesting, you know what currently is going on as far as uh, the the brutality that uh, is um, forced upon black bodies, right? And so, you know, even though those things were happening in the late 60s, early 70s, I remember, um, you know, the neighborhood kind of letting people know that, you know, the big four was coming, stress was coming, and, you know, a young man were making sure that they got off the street, Right. Right. 
Um, and so it, times, you know, they've changed, but they haven't really changed. And so I'm grateful for, you know, a guy like you who um, is dedicated to the the uh, the uh, our young people right. and for them to be able to flourish and and live uh, full lives and go on. And you've you've shared uh, on Facebook, you know, pictures of the youth that you've worked with in the past sure, sure. And, and the things that they've accomplished, right? These are regular kids. Yeah. I mean, who would meet the president for the United States for an hour or oh my, have, have you, lunch with the, with, with the first lady? Are you kidding In me? Detroit. Yes. <laughs> are you kidding me? And so how powerful that is. You right. Know, marriages and, and babies and, you know, all right. of these milestones that these children, you know, that you met and they've gone on to these wonderful, phenomenal things. It's just extremely powerful. And bringing those resources back to community, right? right? The disinvestment has happened. The obliteration of neighborhoods has happened with mortgage meltdown and all of that. True. And to bring resources back, to bring families back, yeah. children should be able to walk to their school, right? Correct. You know, not catch three buses across the, you know, leave the we're house. We're losing neighborhood schools now we, yeah. because of what happened with the emergency management Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some neighborhood schools still left, but mm-hmm. the, the, the neighborhood schools like high schools. Right. We got, I had youth who lived on the southwest side mm-hmm. taking three buses to come, or Brightmore, right. for example, and coming to Osborne High School mm. on the northeast side. Yeah. They would leave at about 630 from their house, and they would arrive, hopefully if things worked out, around 9 or 845 for school. And they were already late. Yeah, that should not be. It's happening. Yeah. And so we, you know, people like you and the collaborations, you know, hopefully we can we can reverse those type of things. Uh, what I see at Noble Middle School where I do some work, um, you know, transient families, you know, so, the, you know, you ask the kids, you know, if you'd like to participate in an, an event or, or something and the child looks at you and it's like, well, my mom's getting ready to move. It's like, mm-hmm. well, when is your mom going to move? I don't know, but we're moving, you know. So just not being able to, like, put themselves solidly in a community, right? Correct. So the 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 energy of the work that you're doing, you know, is going to cascade through the neighborhoods and um, help us reconnect to community. And, and I appreciate it. Yeah. We got a lot of young people who are couch surfing, mm-hmm. moving from place to place. Yes. Uh, it, it wouldn't be a surprise. Uh, and by the way, that's my old neighborhood. That's where I grew up at. Really? Yes, it is. Hall Street's just a, a, a hip hop skip and a jump from um, from that uh, from, from no, that school. No, Nolan. Okay. yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Very so I'm from good. deeply familiar with it, but that I really, really, I remember how that neighborhood used to be like. Yes. Mm-hmm. And once that bubble hit, it it, it, it just was like an implosion. Yeah, and it was it it didn't take very long. You know it. It, it it seems like it happened just instantaneously, you know? Right. Families were there, and then they weren't, right? Uh-huh. And then more and more and more weren't. That's right. And so, yes, yeah, so we, the work that you do, bro, I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful for you. Uh, I wish you well on your continued educational journey. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm looking forward to reporting back. Yes. you Tell you, the news. Yes, yes, yes. We will have you back to do so. So... Uh, Before this next break, I want to talk about uh, your spiritual walk. It's very important for me to be able to allow black men in the city of Detroit to express themselves and let the world know 
how do you express your spirituality? You are a father, a husband, um, community leader. How do you express your spirituality, sir? I express my spirituality by honoring those who came before me and those who are coming after me. And, and it simply said, uh, respecting my elders uh, and, and, and basically sowing the seeds of hope and opportunity with our young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it happened to me. I, I would, there were times when I would get a ride on, to school uh, on the milk truck. Really? Yes, I would, and and to this day, people never never know the truck. The company is no, no, no longer around. Was it Twin Pines by any chance? Yes, it was. Okay, all right. And it was basically uh, my mother was sick at that time, and mm-hmm. but she 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 was uh, uh, had a good positive relationship with the with the uh, milk guy, mm-hmm. and he was an older gentleman, looked to be in his uh, early sixties, late fifties, mm-hmm. but basically he he saw what we were trying to do, and 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 said, you know. I, you know, sometimes we were running a little late. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Get on the bus. I'm get on the, get on my truck. I got you. Really? We would roll about. It was only I was about two or three blocks from the school, and uh, I w- we pulled up at the school and looking real good to get off the milk truck. <laughs> all, all my friends like what what I, who and he waved goodbye. Ricky, you know you're not supposed to do that. I said, stop hating. <laughs> I got clout. I got this. Right, right. But it was a great feeling knowing mm-hmm. that that's what I'm talking about. Yes. That's community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that reinforced what we said earlier. Right. The community helped you, had your back no matter right. what. So the milkman who you guys were customers of, right. he had the wherewithal to say, okay, I'm in this community on a regular basis. I know his his family, right? And so this young man needs to get to school. And he was white. Yes. Mm-hmm. Remind me what the, those yes. times were like. Right. No issues. No let's, issues. Let's go. We got you. <laughs> come on, young man. Come on. I got you. I'm going to drop you off at school. I thought he was a hero. Yes. Or the the mailman, Mr. Brown. He wore his mail cap on the right side, you know, back then. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, McGee? How you doing? How will you, how's, your, how's your grades, man? What's right. going on with that? He would just have that conversation. Right. I showed my report card. Then he gave me a dollar. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just because, but he gave that talk. When I come, when's the next one? I said, probably about two or three months. He said, I'm going to see that too. And, and when he did that, that says something to me. That uh, that was very constructive because I almost wanted to be a mailman like him mm-hmm. because he left something a part of him. I mean, it's not just the money, right? It was that gratitude, it was that love, mm-hmm. it was that support, right? And that's what a lot of our young boys need. Yeah, he had concern for you. Right? He did. He and in the beauty, and you saw, you know, he had his uniform on, but he had his little style. He like, oh yeah, cocked that little that cap that's to the right. side. Uh, you right? know how we do it. <laughs> <laughs> I had never seen a mailman do that before. <laughs> it was another one. It was still the usual. Like, oh, right, okay, right, how you doing? Right. He put that to the side. Hey, and he had a little Afro thing going, you know. <laughs> oh, uh, to grow up during the time. Yeah, the early 70s up. was it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's powerful. That's powerful. Yeah. Bro, we're going to take another break. All right. And then when we come back, um, we're going to talk about inspiration. This is a nod to Martha Jean Queen. Sure. I just want to know what inspires you. So we're going to take a quick break and come right back, okay? Got it. Strategic Beautification. Strategic Beautification is a comprehensive consulting, design, and implementation service that begins with the basics. The basics are litter debris removal along commercial corridors, 
services are then customized to accommodate the needs of the client. Our corporate culture is to leave people, places, and things better than we found them. We stand on old-fashioned values to lead us into a future that enriches our youth, the region, and the environment. That's Izzy Wisdom. Get involved today by calling 866-97-IZZY. That's 866-97-I-Z-Z-I-E. Or visit our website at www.izzyllc.com. Okay, we are back and you are listening to Community. This is your sister, Audra, and I am here with my bro. King Frank McGee, and I was just asking, where does he derive his inspiration from uh, to have the tenacity, the resiliency to get up every day and do the good work? So, bro, where does it come from? I had to have a moment of reflection about what I did mm-hmm. the day before and and realizing that it's just one step closer to my goal. Mm-hmm. And so I draw upon um, my 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 um, motivation Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also linked with my sense of spirituality mm-hmm. that I'm not done with the journey. Yeah. And 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 I and I think about my daughter and what she's going to face. She's 25 now, mm-hmm. and she she helped a lot, helped me a lot in my journey. And in 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 that she inspired me to do more. Yeah. And she told me one day, she said, "Dad, you're the smartest man I've ever known." I'm like, I didn't want to say, "Are you sure?" <laughs> <laughs> but I thought about that. If I did, I, I'm questioning her. Her, her dis- and I did not want to do that, right? Because when I was her age, I did not. I just didn't feel that I had that mm-hmm. kind of support. I know my mother and dad already split up and mm-hmm. whatnot. I didn't even feel that I had that. Mm-hmm. But she said, "You're the smartest man I know, and I learned so much from you." That is phenomenal. Yeah, and so basically that inspiration, mm-hmm. what she told me, inspired me. Yeah. And I use that. And it's yeah. going to change again in a few years. Mm-hmm. You know, where mm-hmm. will be another way of inspiring me. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm in a moment where I've changed. And now that I'm at, the, at this stage of my life, the direction, the way things that were lined up, the creator said, you know what? Yeah, there was a youth program. It worked out. You know, I had your back with that. Mm-hmm. Now there's something else I want you to do. So that Detroit can set the tone for the rest of this country, so that this city can be the beacon of hope yes. for the entire country. Yes, and it started with your young people already. Mm-hmm. It will start with other young people. Mm-hmm. It may not be the same age. It mm-hmm. may be a little younger or older. Mm-hmm. But you will still you're still involved. Your direction is the same, mm-hmm. but your methodology has changed. Yes. So, bro. Yeah. Black man. Yeah. Born and raised in the city of Detroit. Right? right, and doing this work and the desire of the, one of the outcomes is that you want the city to be a beacon, right? A template, right? For how this can this thing can go down, right? Absolutely. So letting people know that uh, the light is still shining brightly from this beautiful city by this international water, right? Right. And 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 we have answers. Right. To things that, you know, your Chicago's, your Phillies, your Baltimore's, some of the other post-industrial cities that are experiencing some of the same ills and, and pains that we are. Right. Yeah. That's that's what's up. That's what's up. And they, they went through the same thing we did. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, right now, Detroit is is is. They say that's on the comeback. It's mm-hmm. doing great. Mm-hmm. I remember the uh, ad campaign that said "See Detroit as we do," and all of us were very upset with that ad campaign. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have us in that poster. It, it was we not were not one. in that poster. We were not there. That's something that must not be repeated. But right. we but you do see it downtown and other places where mm-hmm. uh, we don't see our people right. as Detroit does mm-hmm. and we and i think that was be could be the next start of that so-called rebellion right but in a constructive way mm-hmm. we could be able to uh have our young people and others involved by dealing with the, the education mm-hmm. the, the uh training mm-hmm. that can lead to opportunities because everyone comes together for that growth choice young talent right. but what we got to do is come together for everybody who are struggling right now mm-hmm. this is this is about uh creating opportunity not just downtown but in the hood yeah and we got we got we were t- we're working we got to work with the, uh, the current mayor mm-hmm. so he can get on track with uh, making that happen right uh, to support us right right community wealth building That's so right. uh, community members should be able to uh, find employment uh, that employment should be um, something where they can see themselves in it right. right? Uh, all of the things that's going on, the building and, the, you know, construction and all of those things and everything in between, right? I, I want to see a woman, and I see, I saw one one day, mm-hmm. uh, at, ironically, uh, she was helping out at the shop in her training, and I was getting my car fixed, mm-hmm. a, a female mechanic. Yeah, yeah. I want to see more of that. Yes, yes, yes. You know, basically women owning business like that mm-hmm. or, or other businesses, mm-hmm. you know. It's happening. It's happening. But we have to have an open mind about the opportunities that come our way. Mm-hmm. And um, to piggyback off that, I was at um, National Association of Black Women in Construction. They had um, sustainable building sustainable communities. Uh, it was their inaugural event. Uh, there was a young woman uh, that lives near Noble Middle School, and she is working on getting her certifications in plumbing. Mm-hmm. And you would have thought that I, she said that she had won an Academy Award or something. I was so excited for her. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I said, well, I know where you live, and I am going to be on your head, right? Because you have to finish. She, went, she graduated from Randolph. She did plumbing there. And I said, you, you, you got you to push through. You got to push through. You'll be able to uh, write your own ticket, right? And so uh, these non-traditional ways in which people can... Uh, stabilize their families and, and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. So, bro, I just appreciate you. Uh, we are definitely going to have you back once uh, graduation occurs. Mm-hmm. And if you have some initiatives that you'd like to share with the community, um, it's been a joy to have you here today. Uh, and to remind you that we both were at Cass Technical High School yes. at the same time. Cass Tech. Although I was a crybaby and pi- painfully shy, so that's probably why you don't remember me from oh, those times. Oh, I, I probably walked right by you. <laughs> didn't even know it. <laughs> I was a quiet guy at the time. I didn't say a whole lot to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know you know how it was. It was yeah. clickish and all that. Yeah. But the but the opportunities were there, and I took mm-hmm. advantage of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, just briefly, you mentioned um, uh, about... Uh, about the city the way you did and, mm-hmm. and whatnot, I do want to make sure that uh, I'm available to help our community. Yeah. And um, I'm available to to support an organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm ready. I'm open to leadership right. opportunities in an organization. Mm-hmm. And my and I, I would hope, even, even though I'm in, in grad school right now, mm-hmm. that uh, I would have that uh, blessing that someone would give me a chance okay. to serve our community. Okay. So, Frank McGee, if... 
someone were to get in contact with you, how would they do so? They can contact me, uh, inbox me on Facebook mm-hmm. uh, uh, at uh, that's just um, Frank McGee. Mm-hmm. That's it uh, to look me up, or they can uh, hit me up on my email. Yes, which I think is fine, and that's lowercase uh, Frank dot McGee. That's M C G H E E J R three one three at uh, gmail dot com. Excellent, excellent. Again, bro. Thank you so much for coming and take some time with me. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> and audience, you have been listening to Community with your girl, Audra. And we talk about unique pathways and common goals. And until next time, peace. peace. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.